Hello and welcome to Revival Fires TV. I'm so happy you're joining us. My name is Holly Tinkani and I will be your host, joined by Pastor Terry Drost, who will be bringing the message. We love you and we want you to experience God's best in every area of your life. Now welcome Pastor Terry. In the presence of the Lord, if you have your Bible, you can turn me to the book of 2 Samuel. I have a word for the Lord in season for you. And I've labored this week extensively on it. And I won't want you to miss what God is doing here in this hour. How many will receive the word of God with gladness today concerning your life? Amen. And I believe it's a Kairos word for you. Uh, so you can go to 2 Samuel. And uh, I'm just going to speak a blessing and let you just be seated in just a moment. I just want to be obedient to God. I had a prophet uh, call me this morning, and when I say prophet, I don't, I can count on my one hand, actually really three people that I know that are what I would say are true prophets of the Lord in our generation. Uh, One is Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. Uh, He's a great and mighty man of God. If you get around him, you'll know what I mean. And they don't mess around, they don't mince words. And another uh, dear friend of mine, who I haven't heard from this man in over a year, his name is Calvin Griner. I don't know if you remember Calvin Griner. He's from the Lancaster area. Let me tell you a little bit about Calvin, about his integrity. Not only does he have a beautiful family and a, a farm and that, but his call of God is uniquely different. It's to intercede for our country, and uh, especially for pastors and for churches like this one. And Calvin has literally walked, praying in the Holy Ghost across all 50 states, of the United States of America, including Hawaii and, and Alaska, on foot. And I've never met a guy quite like him. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of Arthur Blessed, the guy that carried the cross all across the world? So he doesn't carry the cross like that, but his, his mission is to pray in the Holy Ghost for people. That's a good guy to have in your corner, right? And Calvin called me this morning. I haven't talked to him probably a good year or better, maybe a year and a half. And he doesn't just call and say, hey, what's up? Uh, he's a man of very few words. But he said, I felt very strongly to uh, encourage you today. And here's what the word of the Lord is for your congregation and for you personally. And uh, it was two words, press on. He said, whatever God is, he had no idea where we're at. He didn't know we're one of the only churches in the U.S. that remained open. But he said, whatever God has called you to do, Terry, press on. And do not look to the right or to the left. Do not listen to the voices of people. Listen to this, that are thinking with their head. But only people that have eyes of faith to see what God is doing in these last and great days of the world. And so you're in a church that is not perfect, but we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, not everybody's going to be your best friend. In fact, you'll come under supernatural attack of the enemy. And that's what actually I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But before I do that, I just want to just speak a word over you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding so we would have an insight of what's happening here and what you are desiring for our lives and what we're going through, not only as people, Lord, but uh, as a nation and and really this global uh, virus or whatever it is, pandemic, whatever they want to call it, We know what it ultimately is. It's an attack from hell. And so, God, I pray for wisdom uh, for all of us to interpret and know how to respond according to your word in the season we're in. 
what we should be doing, Lord God. Uh, we're not against protection and mask and all that, gloves or whatever. God, we wash our hands, of course. But more than that, we want to understand supernaturally what the voice, the still small voice of God is saying and how he's leading us in this hour in which we live. So, Father, I pray that you would open the eyes and the ears of our spirit today, Lord, because we are spirit beings and our spirit must be fed. And I pray that today, Lord God, that the tiredness of the flesh would take a back seat, that our soul and emotions and all would take a back seat, and we would be able to hear and receive the seed of the Word of God with gladness. I ask it today in Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. 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 God bless you as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Let's give God a hand of praise one more time before you. Amen. Now listen, don't miss this. I'm not going to be long here, but this is very important. This isn't a, a canned uh, message or something like that. This is very, very imperative to your health spiritually. And uh, I want to talk to you today about what to do when you're under attack. How many of you have been under attack before of the enemy? A lot of times what we think is something, a depression, a anxiety, it could be a fear or worry or something, is not what we call it, but it's actually a direct attack of the enemy. I understand that not everything is an attack of the enemy, but I want to specifically address things that are today for you. And, and, and mostly importantly, by looking at the life of David, uh, how do we respond to them? What does that look like? And so uh, if you have your Bibles, again, 2 Samuel chapter 16, and then we're going to go to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. The Psalms are a great, great uh, place to stay during these uh, perilous times. How many know these are perilous times? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not denying the virus. We're not saying it's not real. It's, it's a real problem, but uh, we serve a real God too. Amen? I like to start with something funny. I heard a funny story about a pastor who got pulled over by a, a state trooper. And the state police pulled him over, and uh, he put his window down, and he said to the pastor, he said, it smells like alcohol in this car, sir. <laughs> and he, he said, what are you drinking? And the pastor said, I'm drinking water. And he said, well, let me see that thermos that's sitting over there on the, you know, in the seat next to you. And so the pastor handed it to him, and the state police took the cap off. And he said, whoa, he goes, that's not water, that's wine. The pastor said, Jesus did it again. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I wanna, you'll get it later. I want to talk to you about David today. I want to look at David in the life of David. Psalm 42 was written in 1043 BC. So it was a long time ago, but it, it rings truer today than ever before. And uh, David went under uh, incredible attack, not just spiritually, but actually from actual enemies. He was a man of war. He was a gifted warrior. And he was the most powerful king that ever lived. He was the only one in the Bible, you know, where God said, he's a man after my own heart. And so what can we learn from David? A whole lot. But I want to say this to somebody here today. I'm, I'm, uh, it's horrible how uh, terrible the enemy is. And that how he doesn't retreat, how he attacks relentlessly. How many of you found that to be true? With addictions, if you've... If you've if you've been in habitual addictions, as I understand that because I have been there, uh, he, he doesn't uh, let up. In fact, it's, uh, he doesn't take a break. 
He doesn't back off. He, in fact, when you're down, how many understand Satan uh, will kick you when you're down? Oh, you found that to be true. Okay. So I'm not giving him any credit or glory, certainly, but I'm just identifying who the enemy is. And what he does, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. And so David was under great attack. Let me just tell you what kind of attack he's under. He, before he wrote Psalm 42, because the Bible is not in chronological order. How many of you understand that? It's not in chronological order. We say Genesis, you know, Exodus, Leviticus. It's not. It's Genesis, and then I believe Ruth is the second book. You can Google chronological Bible later, but that'll help you understand about the different uh, seasons that it was written. David wrote Psalm 42 when he actually was being manhunted for his life. At that point, Psalm 42, David, uh, his son Absalom, had actually formed a coup against him. And he had overthrown him out of the kingdom. And so now Absalom's on the throne of his father. His father is being manhunted for his life by over 20,000 troops uh, by his own son. And David seemingly had lost it all. He had lost the palace. He had lost the kingdom that, he, that God gave him to serve the people. He had lost uh, all of his uh, resources, his finances, his connections, his own family. And now all David is down to, besides the clothes on his back... He's with just a few faithful friends, a few faithful cohorts that are around him. And there's this guy named Shimei. We're going to see that in 2 Samuel 16. Look at, look at me, 2 Samuel 16 and verse 7. It says, also Shimei. Who would name their kids Shimei? What a terrible name that is. Gosh, must have got picked on in school. Uh, also Shimei said thus when he cursed, come out. Now he's speaking to David. Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The word rogue there uh, literally means worthless person. And he's, you know, he's going at David, both barrels. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. Look at verse 13 if you jump down. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside opposite to them. So he's like on a hill walking, you know, along with them. And he cursed as he went and threw stones at him, at David, and kicked up dust. Let me tell you, that's exactly what Satan does to you. He comes to uh, accuse you of things. Have you found that to be true? The Bible said he's the accuser of the brethren. And I think it was last week that in this teaching we were talking about that accusations, their root is found in the demonic realm. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's got many names. Uh, he comes as an angel of light. He is uh, a badin is an Old Testament name for him. Uh, he tried to ex- overrule the kingdom of God and he was thrown out of heaven in Ezekiel with a third of the angels of heaven. And, uh, and so Satan has always had a problem. He's got a jealousy problem over people, and he infl- tries to inflict attacks and pain through the words and accusations of others. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did I lose you? Okay, and so that's what Satan does. Just like Shimei did to David, he tries to accuse you and say, see that? You brought it on yourself. You made a huge mistake. You know, you're never going to be able to live that one down. And that's just how the, when you feel this oppression and you feel this sadness and you feel all this come on you, it is never from God. It's straight from the enemy. And so this is what David does. He flees to the wilderness and he writes Psalm 42. 
Psalm 42 and 1, as the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee. How many remember that song? A couple of you? Uh, there was a song that came out in 1984, same year I graduated high school, and it was, uh, came out of uh, Gateway, uh, actually Christ for the Nations, by, uh, i trying to think the writer's name. Robert was his first name, but he was reading this passage, and God gave him this song. It goes like this. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are... How many remember that song? All right. The rest of you are like, I have no idea what that is. Well, that actually came out of Psalm 42, and it's a great song. It's anointed. Here's the problem. We don't know what it means. And the reason we don't know what it means is because we don't understand the context of the text. First of all, deer do not pant unless they're being chased. And if they're being chased, they literally can burn up to 80% of their water reserves. Crazy, right? I was in Africa and I've seen, how many of you ever seen lions or leopards chase like a gazelle? Let me see your hands. You ever see those, those shows? Yeah, you know, Animal Planet, National Geographic. Now, how many of you like it when the gazelle gets free? They get away. They don't get hit. But how many of you like to see the lion actually win? Some of you are sickos here today. We got to pray for you, okay? <laughs> you got twisted, twisted minds. And anyway, you like to see a good, good hunt, right? So David's being hunted. I mean, his own son overthrew the throne. Think about this. He's lost everything. And, he, and now he's being hunted by Saul. Saul sent, or Absalom sends out over 20,000 troops to kill his father. It's crazy. It's crazy what power does to people. And so he's under a great attack, right? You agree he's under a great attack? Oh, yeah. And so he writes that. As the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul longs for you, God. So the first thing a deer does when they're under attack, when they're being chased, once they get free is they go and look for what? How many know as a believer, this is our water? This is our daily bread, amen? It's living water. And so I want to share with you again today four ways, if you're ready to write, on how to respond when we're under attack according to God's word. And so here it is. The first way that you've got to respond is you've got to recognize that your battle is real. You've got to recognize that you're in a battle or the battle is real, right? The struggle is real, right? So David's being chased by the enemy, and he's saying, my soul, listen, my soul is so tired. You ever been there? My soul is tired. But I need God. I need the water that comes from God. Amen. As a deer panteth for the water brook. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are the same psalm, by the way. This book did not have numbers put into it until about 400 years ago. How many of you knew that? Okay, so they were putting in the King James era, 16th century. But before that, they were just all, they all ran together. Now, the Psalms are different songs. The Psalms are a great place to stay, again, especially now with all the craziness going on. But understand that there was no Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. It actually was just the same song. Okay, and this is what we see David saying. So we're going to just stay right in there now. So I got to recognize her in the battle. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 42. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they constantly say to me, where is your God? 
Let me ask you a question. Who, is, who are they? Who are they? Have you ever had people say to you, where is your God now? Anybody ever had that one? People who don't believe they're God haters. Maybe it's the devil in them attacking you with their words. Where's your God now? Your, your marriage fell apart. Where's your God now? Your finances, you've gone bankrupt. Uh, there's a pandemic. Where's your God now? You have people like that talk to you? That's always the voice of the enemy directly attacking you. And you've got you to realize that you're actually in a battle. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about spiritual warfare and why we have to put on the full armor of God. Amen. And so this is what David said. He said, they continually say to me, where is your God? And then we see um, David will tell us who they are in verses 9. It says, I will say to God, my rock, Psalm 42, 9, why have you forgotten me? Do you ever feel that way? Can we be honest? We're in church here. It's okay. Uh, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? So his enemies are the ones that are saying that. David uh, had uh, literal enemies. We have spiritual enemies, okay? And uh, they will say that again. Where's your God? You lost your business. Where's your God now? You lost your marriage. Where's your God now? You know, somebody blew through two or three marriages. Where, where's your God? You know, so that's exactly the way Satan is. We got to recognize we're in a spiritual battle. Here's, here's the biblical response. Are you ready? The Lord rebuke you. That's a biblical response. We say, I rebuke you. I get it. I'm not saying it's wrong. We can bind things. But ultimately, you should say, the Lord rebuke you. You getting this? I'm going a little deeper. We're taking away, the, we're going more Brussels sprouts today than Twinkies, okay? I want to help you because you're in a battle whether you realize it or not. That is a demonic battle out there. And when it's gotten to the place where people have to walk into the house of God and put masks and all kinds of stuff on, folks, we need any more evidence to understand the battle's real. Okay? I'm not giving them any credit, but you've got to be able to discern things in here so you can deal with it out there. So the battle's real. It's a spiritual battle. And when I say the Lord rebuke you, that's found in Jude uh, 1.9. There's only one chapter in Jude. And uh, Zechariah 3.2. Those are the references. Don't go there now, but look them up later. This will help you to understand. The Lord rebuked you. People say things to you. You don't have to say it to their face. Just say, the Lord rebuke you. And let me tell you, the Lord will rebuke them. You know why? Because it's better for him to fight our battles than me and you. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Remember, I remember singing that somewhere along the line, okay? And so it, it's, it's real. And then we got to understand it's also a lie from the enemy. He'll say to you, you've blown it too many times. There's no hope for you. You've messed up. Look at your past. It's a mess. You know, somebody, whatever it was, man, it might have been, you might have been incarcerated for something. I don't know. But God does. And the enemy also knows, so he'll keep reminding you of your past again and again. How many understand what I'm saying? The tape will run, and before you know it, you'll start to feel all kinds of sad, and next thing you know, there'll be tears. And, you know, one thing I love about Brother Ted, when we're ministering, he's going to be coming in this fall. Uh, you'll go to minister to people, and they'll come, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, and they'll say, hey, stop crying! Just like that. Snap them right out of it, exactly. Stop that crying! Stop those tears! David, my tears have been my food day and night. I want to show you there's a big difference between letting your soul dictate and your spirit. Whew, I'm getting ahead of myself. Are you okay out there? All right. 
We can go back to Netflix in just a few minutes. <laughs> don't be a, by the way, don't be a Netflix slob, all right? Like, get up and get dressed. I don't care if you got nowhere to go. Make your stinking bed, for goodness sakes. Get a hold of yourself, you know? <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man, I won't go out of the house looking like some, my hair is all matting and I'll pull a bulk. Are you kidding me? Really? All right. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Okay. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You know, hell has a field day with this stuff, folks. Amen. You can't get motivated to get off the couch and you, it's easier to turn the thing on or turn your phone. Like, listen, let's do a little social media distancing. I did that last week. It felt really good. I was like, God, you know, okay, so what? Who cares if I don't wish him a happy birthday? Yeah, there's more people have birthdays today than anything. Is that, you find this to be true? Well, somebody going to get offended because I don't like it's their Who cares? I mean, okay, I, don't take it personally. So you have to say that. So, you know, but especially now, like get up, make the bed, take a shower, put some product in your hair. You know, ladies do whatever you do. I don't know, you know. Us guys are okay with that, all right? You know, use some Listerine, okay? It kills the coronavirus. Anyway. Uh, so, so the devil will lie to you. You've blown it too many times. And let me say this. He'll actually produce evidence, false evidence, to back up the lie of Satan. Let me give you a biblical example. Jo- Joseph, his brother sold him off you know, threw him in a pit, sold him off into slavery. They dipped his coat in blood, remember, of an animal, and they brought it back to his own father. I mean, remember Joseph, he was the youngest, but he was the favored child. He was the dreamer. He was the deliverer, right? God used him for purpose and destiny. And they took his blood-soaked coat back to his father and said, we got terrible news, and they were fake. They were crying and everything, I imagine, and said, Joseph has been murdered by a wild animal. How many know that was evidence, but it was false evidence? That's exactly what hell will produce against you. False evidence appearing real. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Are you with me? And so it's a lie. And so it's also true in marriages. Let me help you today. One of the biggest lies of the devil, and I deal with this one quite often. I actually dealt with it this past week. Somebody came to me and said, I have been married for a long time, but I, I, I don't know if this is, I mean, how long am I going to have to put up with this? How long has this been going on? I said, how long have you been married? They said, they told me it was a long time, almost two decades. But he said, I married my opposite. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You ought to thank God you married your opposite. If you married the same person as you, you would kill each other. Can you say amen? amen? Come on. And that's the devil that will tell you that you married your opposite. This is never going to work out. It's a big old fat lie from this, right from hell, okay? I'm trying to help you here this morning. He'll produce evidence, but he'll produce it that's not real evidence. It's false. And so here's the second thing that you've got to understand. You've got to stop listening to yourself. Now, it's going to sound like a contradiction, but you've got to watch the Scripture. Are you still in Psalm 42? You still in Psalm 42? I know you can't say amen. you got a mask over your face. They have a new mask. When you go to eat now, it has a little remote control on it. It opens like a garage door, like my garage door every time I... Sorry, I'm just kidding. I hate masks. Oh, I hate them with a passion. I feel like I can't breathe when I'm wearing them. They get all kinds of... I mean... Jesus, get us through this 
rotten, demonic attack. That's why I'm preaching on it today in Jesus' name. Oh, folks, Dr. Rodney called me this week again. And Tyler's right. We're on a call with Elevation with Steve Furtick's church. And that's one of these Zoom calls, you know. And I'm like, I got to go. I got to call. You know, I got saved by the bell. Amen. <laughs> and he said, I just called you to congratulate you. And I said, thank you. And if you know Dr. Rodney, it's, he's, he's, an, he's an awesome guy. He's, he's one of the few men of God with a backbone that's left. Amen? He said, I want to congratulate you. He goes, you know, you could count on one hand the churches that are actually open in the U.S., but you're, you know, you took a stand for God. And he talked about how they come up with false evidence against him whenever they did what they tried to do down there in Florida. And if you were here last week, I said, if the government tries to shut the church down, it's a violation of the Constitution. And because we don't know the Constitution... Well, you guys do. You're really smart. But a lot of people don't. They just let the government do whatever they're going to do, and they just cow down to it. It's wrong. If I'm the last guy to say it, well, we have one in Florida that said it too. But he didn't get congratulated, and neither did I. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't read the paper. I still don't read, the, read it. I, I don't want to know what they say about me. By the way, if somebody told you something really bad about me, don't come and tell me. I don't want to know. Really. You will not be bothered by things you don't know. When you know about them, then you'll be bothered. So you see, hence the problem is stay, just, just don't buy the paper. Okay? Because there's a lot of fake news out there if you haven't realized this or not. My God, I mean, how, how gullible can we be? I swear people are addicted to bad news. Like, I don't even like to watch the, You know, I love Jonathan. He's a dear friend of mine. And Jonathan has been, he even took the president's team. And he's like, he's he just a fun guy to be around. I, is this okay? Can you just gold me a little bit? How many of you know you need to laugh once in a while? And he's like, you know, that Dr. Fauci, he sounds like he preached uh, three Church of God camp meetings. <laughs> Why is his voice so raspy? You know, I mean, my gosh, what do you got, throat cancer? Are you telling me what to do? Maybe you should wear a mask. I don't see them wear a mask. And he's like, you know, uh, maybe I better not say this in this setting. I don't know who's watching. And he wasn't saying, you know, he was respectful, but he's like, the lady that's, I don't know her name, she's on the president's team, she's a doctor, she always wears those funny looking scarves. What's her name? Yeah, respectfully. It's just because, how many know, we, we are getting like very, we're just sick of it. How many know, you're just sick of it. Are you sick of the bad news? I can't take it. I don't care who, I'm sure they're good people, but I, I don't want to watch them. Scott Schaefer on WNEP. I don't want to watch the guy, okay? I'm sure he's some, some nice guy to somebody. I don't want to watch him. I would have rather watched John Wayne. Really, that's what I do. I watch John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. I don't want to watch their stuff. We had another bad report today. Oh, God, shut it off. Like, just shut it off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we watch it morning and night. Like, we wake up to this thing in the morning, you know? I mean, I, I mean it really, if I, if I get into all that, if I'm just saying, as believers, we should have different feeds than the world. Come on. Well, I need to be informed. Yeah, you do, but do you really even know what they're telling you is true? I mean, our, listen, this is not a political statement. I'm just saying, our own governor, now they're calling the Northeast Luzerne County, Monroe County, Pike County, and Lackawanna County. They're, they've categorized us all in one. Well, that's not good news for us. 
That means it could be like 2027 before we aren't allowed to have a mask on outside our bedroom or something. I mean, really, is that what you want to be plugged into? I don't. And it, and, and it's, it is false evidence that will come up against you, and they don't even know the answer. Is this okay? Okay, so just a little relevant to the Word. Of, the Word of God is extremely relevant, always. But just in our relevant setting where we're at. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, oh, Jesus, help me here. He'll produce evidence. And they did it against Dr. Rodney again. And people actually still don't know the truth. Here's what the truth is. You look this up, okay? The truth is, because he took a stand for the gospel, they lifted the ban in the state of Florida, and people started having worship again, like we're having here this morning. You ought to thank God for somebody that'll stand up for righteousness. Amen? So the second point again, stop listening to yourself. Psalm 42.4. David said, when I remembered these things, now this is his soul. When I remembered these things, I pour out my soul in me. He's having a pity party here, literally. Uh, for I had gone with the multitude, gone to church with the multitude, and I went with them to the house of God. And with a voice of joy and praise and with the multitude, I kept that holy day. So what he's saying is he's, he's his, your soul. When I say stop listening to yourself, I'm going to stretch you here. Listen, stop listening to your soul. Listen to your heart. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to the word of God. Okay. <laughs> because listen if you're depressed don't get around other people who are depressed misery likes company my mom used to say that when I was a kid and so if you're down and you're crying tears you know what's going to happen you're going to look for somebody to jump on that bandwagon can I tell you we throw the most outrageous pity parties for ourselves, and we want the world to join us you ever been there? I have we start feeling sorry for ourselves. Nobody feels as sorry for ourselves as we do ourselves. Really. And can I tell you, most people are sick of it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear your problems. Can I just be honest with you? Is this okay? They don't want to hear you complaining all the time. Like, you know, I remember years ago, my father said, son, don't ask that question, how you doing in church? It's a loaded question. Hey, how you doing today? Like, we're like just walking through. Like, we don't have time for a sermon. We're just walking through. You ever been there? Hey, how's it going? Well, you better pray for me. And it's like a Debbie Downer. You know anybody like that? They want to tell you all the problems that they have, that they've had for 40 years. And I want to say, look, you either believe this book or you don't. You either believe the word or you don't. You're either walking in faith or victory or you're defeated. You can't have it both ways. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. If you're serving God, it's going to come out by your speech. And even if you're going through a hard time, look for people of faith. So here's, so here's, the, here's the third point out of four. Start talking to yourself the right way. And this is what David does right in this passage. Psalm 42.5. Because let, let, me, let me just clarify. Your soul. Your soul. What is the soul? We're, we are born of body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, you know, an egg has a shell, a white, and a yolk. A person has a body and a soul when they're born, but they don't have a spirit until they receive Christ. Are you with me? Got it so far? The problem is we let our soul be in the driver's seat. Oh, this is way over some of your heads. You won't get this. And you'll walk out of here unchanged. 
Because your ears are like this. Your soul is in the driver's seat instead of your spirit. You don't receive a spirit until you receive Christ. It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so if we are just being dictated to and governed to by our soul, the soul is the mind, the will, the intellect, and emotions. Everybody got it? What's the soul? The will, the intellect, and the emotions. And so David is having a moment with his soul, but then look, here's what he says. Look at verse 5. Look what the word says. Why are you cast down or depressed? That literally, that word, if you look it up in the original, it means like to press down, like, on, like you press down on the brake or the accelerator of your car. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So it literally means to be pressed down, like in a bad way. There's pressure that comes with being pressed down. It leads to depression. And that's what David's saying here. There's an enemy and he's trying to push me down. The word disquiet, it means to, in the original, to roar or to growl. It means like, do you ever not have breakfast in the morning? How many of you have to have breakfast? If you don't have breakfast or at least a coffee, you're like you're kind of a grouchy person. Anybody like that here? There you go. My hand's up. <laughs> okay. I at least have to have coffee, but if it's, it's like if you don't have coffee, you don't have breakfast, and now you're at some kind of meeting, and the guy's just talking too much, and it's time for lunch at noon, and it's like 1.30, and he's still going. You ever been in one of those scenarios, and your stomach is like growling, and you're so miserable, you like want to stand up and just like choke the person. You ever been there? Not you guys. It must have been the last service was that. You guys are way too spiritual, but I'm saying you're, you start growling within. That's what David's saying. My soul was disquieted. It was growling. It was like, oh, this is terrible what I'm going through. I just feel so bad. That's the soul. But if we are people of the spirit, the spirit should be in charge, not the soul. So you've got to talk to yourself the right way. That's what he's saying. So he starts talking to his soul. And, and here, here I find that in Psalm 131 and 2. Surely, listen, surely I have calmed. Same writer, a little bit later. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Ooh, that's a good place to be. That's what a mature believer looks like. How many of you want to mature in the faith? We don't get easily shaken. Some of us are unshakable. Jesus in the boat is sleeping in the middle of a storm. He's not all going crazy. And so look at Psalm 131 too. I'm almost done. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. What happens when you wean a child? Any moms? What do they do? Are they happy about it? Do they just say, I love you so much, mom, because you took my bottle of milk away? No, they're not happy, are they? They're growling. They're angry. They'll throw a temper tantrum. They don't get that bottle back, right? Paul said, you know what, to the church at Corinth, some of you are, uh, you need the meat, but you're still, huck, you're still stuck on the milk. Could it be that some of us in this room are still on the milk and that's why we're so miserable? Because our spirit isn't being fed. We're not feeding it on the... Instead of desiring deeper things of the word like I'm trying to give you this morning, we're so hooked to the milk that we've got to be weaned off of it. Is this okay this morning? Your soul. Your soul comes alive at conception. It's your personality. My grandkids have personalities. One of the coolest videos I love on all of YouTube and 
wherever it's at, out there, Facebook or something, is Mackenzie, my daughter-in-law, put our oldest granddaughter, Grace, in, in a, uh, an outfit with, she's making chocolate chip cookies, and she's got a, an apron on. Did you see that one? She has the chef hat on. Thanks, you, Dara. And she's got her two assistants, her younger brother and sister, the baby twins, and she's got, like, little captions on there, and she's like, today we're going to learn how to bake cookies. And she's, and she's like, no, 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 don't touch that. I mean, that's a personality. Have you found this in your own kids? Yeah, our grandkids, they have the person. That's the soul. There's nothing wrong with the soul. It's the emotions. But we're talking about the spirit. We can't let the soul dictate to us what we're going to do when there's a pandemic happening. And I commend you guys for being here today. And it's no diss on anybody who can't be here. It's not a lack of, listen, my own wife wasn't feeling great. I told her, stay home. Stay home. She works as a nurse. She doesn't have to, but she wants to give back and help people. She's been working 12-hour shifts this week like nuts, like crazy, because she wants to help people, you know. Well, we don't post that on Facebook, okay? So I'm just saying, and I'm not, you know, please, you know, the soul is very selfish. The Bible says the older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. Rachel and Leah, Jacob and Esau. We see the older brother and the prodigal son in Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? The soul is to serve the spirit. The spirit is the guy that's to be in charge, not the soul. You with me? Does this help? I could get you standing and cheering, but it's not a camp meeting right now. It's a time for you to be able to take this something and deposit something in your spirit that will help you the next six days out there. That's my assignment as your pastor. And so, so here's, here's the antidote. The antidote, i uh, just give you this, Ephesians 2.5, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised, us, raised Christ from the dead. And, and we understand we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, our spirit is when, that's why when we were in worship before, how many of you felt the presence of God in worship before? Oh, my God. Like, right? I mean, and that's, see, that's the reason we feel so good there, because that's where God wants us to be. I believe as a worship leader, it's one-on-one, but maybe this is new to some people, or maybe it's a reminder. I don't feel qualified to lead worship, even though I may have a gift musically, unless I've spent time with Jesus in my own long before I got to the house of God. You alone are my strength, my shield. Psalm 42. For you alone Will my spirit yield? That's what he's saying. You alone are my strength. Psalm 42, 11. Why you cast down my soul? David, how many know, was a gifted musician, by the way. Yeah, he could play his harp. They summons him when he was just a boy to chase evil spirits away. A harp would be like a modern day uh, uh, guitar, right? Like a Martin acoustic I got it in 2008 right out of Nashville off of eBay. It was a $1,657 guitar, but I got it for $650 with a hard shell case, and it was barely used. Nashville, by the way, is a great place to buy instruments, right? Especially secondhand. You know why? Because it's a city of broken dreams. A buddy of mine pastors there, and I've been there many times, and believe me, a lot of people go there thinking they're going to... have a recording contract waiting for them, and they wind up selling their instruments so they can get a bus fare home. So David was a skillful musician, so he understood the soul, the feeler, the left brain, the, the, the music side, 
But more important than that, he understood that the spirit is what's going to sustain you. Amen. Here's the last way and the most important way is to seek his face. We've got to, when you're under attack, you've got to seek God's face unlike ever before. What a great season we're in to seek the face of God without all the distractions. Kids don't have to be at school. You don't have to be at work. Well, not everybody doesn't have to be at work. Isn't it interesting? We went from the lowest unemployment to the highest, just like that. But our response should be so different than the world. Spend extended periods of time in worship. Amen? If you can watch Netflix for like 17 hours straight, you can probably open your Bible for eight minutes. Amen? <laughs> so, but let me just show you this last, and then we're done. He says, why are you cast down, my soul, Psalm 42, 11? And why are you do disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him to help my countenance and my God. Psalm 43, 5. Why are you, he keeps saying it again and again and again. Like, why is he saying this over and over and over? Watch this. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me this week. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Now watch this. Psalm 42, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? In other words, why are you depressed? Why do you feel like miserable? Why do you feel like you're a, a prisoner in your house? You know, and, and it's your whatever, got all that going on. You're under lockdown. The governor said it might not be for another couple months. The kids might not even go back to school until the fall. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Soul. It's soul every time. The spirit will never lead you into depression. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy said, This is the same guy, David. David knew more about personal. He invented personal worship, for goodness sakes. Why are you cast down? Let me show you. And why are you disquieted within me? Worship team, come back. Hope in God. Listen. For I shall yet praise him. Here's the difference. It sounds like the same verse over and over three times. Actually, he flips it here. Look at this. Psalm 42, 5. For the help of his... Everybody say his. His countenance, his face. Here's what David's saying. It's real simple. When I look at his face, it changes my face. Ooh, that's good. You see, when you're depressed and when you're sad and when you're like feeling miserable and all that, how many know your face is a dead giveaway? Right? You, you walk into a room and people know it, and they say, and here's what they say, what's the matter? What's wrong? You can't hide it, right? You ever found that to be true? Come on. You, you, and so, you know, you might be at a party and you're having a meltdown or something. I'll just say when they used to let us have parties, you know, <laughs> or at work or something. And you go in the bathroom, and I'll just say, I'm not picking on the women, but say a woman like kind of, you know, freshens up like that. And she'll come back like, hey, I'm okay. And they're like dying inside and they're like, no, you're not. The mask might cover your face, but God knows what's going on there. He sees all things. David, David, his own kid ejected him out of the throne. Absalom, guy had long hair. It actually ended in his demise. Do you know anybody know how Absalom died? How did he die, Holly? He did get impaled, but his, his hair actually got stuck on a tree branch while he was riding his horse, and his horse kept going, and he was dangling there. Read about it. It's in the 18th chapter. 20,000 men were wiped out in the battle looking for his father. He's trying to kill his own father. What a terrible guy, right? It's 
bad, bad dude. And David, before all that happened, he's leaving town. This guy Shimei is throwing rocks on the bank alongside of him and dust and cursing at him, calling him a bloodthirsty and all, that, all this stuff, a rogue, meaning a worthless person. And I can envision David saying, wait a second, I might not be able to go to church. That's what he actually missed the worst, being able to go to the house of God. Amen? But here's the revelation. He said, but the presence of the Lord goes with me. And I feel like David said, hey, go get my harp. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you are not yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button and then click the bell to be notified when new videos are posted. Have a blessed day.